Welcome to the Revitalize Hope Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Cass Stevens. For the first two episodes of this podcast, I thought I would share my experience and what has led me here with you today. After all, how can I expect my guests to share the details of their stories if I'm not willing to share my own? But just a warning, the episodes will get a little dark but hope does finally shine through in episode two. You see, like quite a few people, I've had my share of what psychologists would call complex trauma throughout my life. And like most people, when I got knocked down, I just got backed up and carried on. That is until I got to a point one day when It was just too much, and I felt like I couldn't get back up. Like a brick wall in which had too many bricks knocked out of it until the whole wall just kind of fell. But I don't want to get ahead of myself, so let me set the stage for you. I had graduated college with multiple degrees, got married, had a daughter. I even had a decent career, and although... I'd moved around some. In 2015, me and my little family moved back to what we considered home in North Carolina. We moved back because we were a little homesick. We'd moved to Atlanta not quite a decade earlier. And, well, we just didn't fit in. On top of that, my wife's father was in poor health and not doing too well. And we weren't quite sure how long he had left, so we decided it was time to move back and make sure that she had as much time as she could with him. Fast forward a little bit into 2019, we decided to build our forever home beside my wife's mom and dad, which I didn't mind because I was pretty close to them, especially her father. We put a lot of detail into building that house. It was stressful, but very rewarding when the house was finally completed and we moved in in October of 2019. I felt like I was finally in a good place. By all accounts, I had a good family, a good job, nice house. I was really looking forward to the future. I even found myself envisioning grandkids in the backyard playing on like a pirate ship that Grandpa had built for them. Then came the COVID outbreak in March of 2020. We were spending a lot more time at home, just like all of you. I don't remember the exact date, but we were getting takeout from a local restaurant and we were in our car in the pickup line and All of a sudden, the wife turns to me and says, I'm not happy. Puzzled, I kind of look over at her and said something to the effect of, not happy about what? The takeout or just waiting for her to fill in the blank? And her response was, just life in general. I was shocked, but I know she'd been under a lot of stress, so... I just asked if she wanted to talk about it, and she said, not now. 
and the rest of the evening was eerily quiet. So, what I believe was a week or two had passed, and it's now Mother's Day of 2020. We hadn't been awake for very long, and she stated that she thought we needed some time apart. And she asked me to move out. Move out? For how long? A couple of days? A couple of weeks? She said she didn't know. I was confused, shocked, saddened. I just didn't know what to think or what to do. What was she so unhappy about? Was she just so stressed that she wasn't thinking rationally? You see, we had started a business together several years earlier, and it continued to grow, and it had finally gotten to a point where it could stand on its own. But of course, she was worried about that business. After all, retailers were shutting down because of the pandemic, and they had started canceling orders, and new orders had stopped coming in. So at this point, I just thought she'd let the stress of building the house and the business and life in general get to her, and it was bleeding over into the marriage itself. In my mind, we had a good marriage. We'd always had our ups and downs like every married couple. Nothing out of the ordinary, and nothing we hadn't overcame. We even had some issues with our daughter and uh, her emotional state a couple of years ago, but besides some arguments, that too seemed like it was improving. People have been asked me about marriage and what they should do in certain situations. We had been married for 20 years, and I often could point to something to give them some direction of what we had done in a certain situation or went through, and I often talked about how much I loved my wife and my marriage. Don't get me wrong, neither one of us was perfect, and I don't think either one of us would present ourselves in that way, but I was definitely blindsided by this turn of events. Had I just been so blind? So I packed a bag for a couple of nights, and I got in my truck and just started to drive. Didn't really know where to go or what to do. But luckily for me, I had a friend who had been through a divorce five years earlier, and I gave him a call. Looking more for advice than anything, but he also offered me a place to stay. So I went, hoping to give my wife some time, and I could see what advice my friend had to offer. So a couple of days go by, and the wife and I are still talking on the phone every day. Nothing too deep, just general chit-chat. I even visited her parents and asked her dad if he knew what was going on and had any advice. He just said no, and that he hoped that we could fix things. I have a great deal of love for this man. He had known me since I was 16. And over the years, he had become a second father to me, and he stated on multiple occasions that he considered me like his son. I knew if he didn't know what was going on, I might be in trouble. I told him I would do anything to save my marriage. From there, I sent flowers, I called, and we talked. And then, on a Wednesday night, while talking to her on the phone in my friend's living room, I got a confirmation that no one wants. I told her multiple times that I'd do anything to save our marriage, 
you name it, marriage counseling, anything. Reiterated it on that call. I got silence, and then a very matter of fact, no. I asked if there was any way she saw us reconciling. Again, a long pause, and then another matter of fact, no. In fact, on that very phone call, she started pushing for a formal separation agreement. So, there I sat, my mind racing and trying to comprehend everything. This had to be a nightmare, and I would wake up at any moment, but it wasn't. This was real. I was not prepared for what ensued either. By this time, she had already gotten a lawyer, and my friend had already advised me to get one, so I did. And then it seemed like a furious, fast-paced cage match had just broken out. A lot of it is a blur. Not exactly sure what the soon-to-be ex-wife was saying about me to my father-in-law. But whatever it was, enraged him. And he quickly went from, you were like a son to me, to, I'm going to kill you. Very quickly. I would like to think it was out of fear. That way I could justify his words and his actions. And yes, at one point the police did have to get involved. You see, I was on the deed to their house. And all the family land that they had. The wife's parents had signed over their house and property to us years earlier as an estate planning tool with strict instructions that if we needed the money to take care of their care as they got older, we were to sell the property. I had told my father-in-law in multiple conversations that I had no intent in taking anything that was his. But I don't know the other conversations that were being held with the wife, her lawyer, or anyone else for that matter. Something still just didn't add up. The rush for the separation agreement, and after you've been married for 20 years, you just walk away? I didn't think her friends would agree with this, so maybe there was a chance that they would talk her into at least discussing counseling or something. I wanted to make sure that she was talking to her friends, so I logged into our cell phone account and started looking at call logs. To make sure that she was at least talking to somebody, hopefully her friends, and she had. But there was this other number there. It seemed familiar, but I couldn't place it. Maybe another friend she hadn't talked to in a while. Curiosity got the better of me, and I entered the number in my own phone, and then popped up a name that I was very familiar with. It was somebody that was supposed to be my friend, and someone I had just recently lent over $3,000 to so he could catch up on back child support payments. Maybe they were just talking. But looking at the call logs, they were talking two or three times a day for sometimes up to two hours. I'm still in denial at this point. It's not what it looks like. So I hired somebody to follow her, just ease my nerves, and 
to get some facts. I didn't want to jump to any conclusions. Unfortunately, it was what it seemed like. She had been meeting this person at a third party's house and had the times, address, and photos to prove it. I confronted her, and at first she denied it, but then when I told her I had proof, she stated that they were just talking. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I had to see it for myself. So one night I get a tip that she was heading over to meet this man. So I get in my car and drive over and waited on the side of a nearby road. I know this may sound creepy or extreme, but what would you do to save your family? Sure enough, she went to that house. I sat there for over two hours just thinking, and then I said to myself, I need to confront them. I need to find out once and for all for myself. The house they were in was in a cul-de-sac, and as I approached it in my car, I saw what I thought were two people sitting in a car, but it was not enough for me to see well, so I flashed my bright lights, and I confirmed that there were two people sitting in a car, and it was her car. So I slowly drive up, and I guess they were scared because when I got there, he got out of the car in a hurry, ran to my driver's side window, and actually pulled a gun on me. At this point, I didn't care too much. So I opened my car door and stood up. I don't think he was expecting that. Just then, she came running out of the car and yelled my name. She knew. Then she just said something like they were just talking and then I don't really recall anything else except for me getting back in the car and driving away. And all along, I remember thinking that I have never met a member of the opposite sex at a undisclosed location at 2 a.m. in the morning just to talk. I guess I saw what I needed to see. Within a month of asking her to move out, we had a separation agreement. I quickly agreed to a lot of things that I was trying to convince myself this was just a separation agreement and there was still a chance that we could get back together. We were lucky in the fact that she hadn't had to work since our daughter was little. In that separation agreement, I gave her the business that we had built, paid her for her part of the equity in the house, agreed to alimony, gave her most of my 401k, and gave her about 90% of everything else in the house, plus a good chunk of cash that I had been able to squirrel away. Even as the lawyers drafted up everything, I still thought there was a chance. But when I signed that piece of paper and left the lawyer's office that day, it finally sank in that my marriage was over. In June of 2020, I sat in my closet with a little bit too much time to think. I had thought about the loss of a marriage of 20 years, the loss of the future that I envisioned, my now strained financial situation, the loss of a business, the loss of friends that wouldn't talk to me for some reason, the loss of the relationship with my father-in-law, And then, every other traumatic event that had ever happened to me. 
another brick had been knocked out of that wall, except for this time the wall fell and it crashed down on me and it had me pinned under its weight. I sat there with a gun in my hand inches away from taking my own life. I had reached a point of complete despair, the endless abyss that had become my life. Obviously, I did not end up taking my own life that day, but I still had a long way to go. Please join me for my next episode when I talk about coming out of the abyss. And make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you.